Alex, dude, I had the worst weekend. Did you know? Terrible. Yeah. Worse than Jesus being dead and crucified and buried? Come on, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it just Jesus juked me right out the gate. <laughs> the Dang Holy it, Spirit revealed it to me. Yeah. But no, your weekend was not the greatest weekend. Yeah, and you were there for me, bud. Thank you. Uh, you know what? You've been there for me as well, so it's it's only fair, and it's, it's what we do for each other. You know, my dad, he's a diabetic, and he had an issue with his foot and almost got his leg amputated. And thank God he didn't, but you can imagine all the fear that surrounds that and and that nature. And then on top of it, my my son got pneumonia and was in the hospital, and I was literally taking the stairs between floors and checking in. I feel like, other than sleeping at home, I mean, I was just up at that hospital yeah. so much and hospitals are super fun places to stay alex but i gotta say this so my dad is an avid listener to our podcast he listens to everything and so he goes into the hospital <laughs> goes in the er thursday and he calls me and my dad's always like he's just trying to bring calm to the situation i could tell he's like scared over the yeah. phone but he's telling me you know why he's in how he got in and all that jazz and uh and he wanted to change the subject. And, you know, you get to a hospital, you're kind of disoriented and, and things. And he was real bad, sick and stuff. And he goes, so when does your and Alex's porno come out? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like, Dad, no. That's not what that means. Our porn episode to two totally different things actually episode we talk about, about pornos in the porn episode we but, do but, but i want to make definitely it clear, not a porno like it was not a porno between you and i <laughs> <laughs> i don't think people need that explained jason i just threw up in my mouth oh, a little bit but man alex i'm having this horrible 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 weekend and the thoughts creep in man what am i doing wrong to deserve this Mm, i've been there buddy yeah and i think a lot of people have and that's one of the reasons i want to do this episode about legalism i know it and we got an awesome guest on brandon andrus to come and provide us with some amazing wisdom absolutely oh my goodness he delivers some bombs here Mm -hmm. and uh in the words of maybe somebody who's legalistic your soul is about to get wrecked yeah (laughs) you are just yeah (laughs) i don't even know what to say after that anyway guys this is not your pastor's legalistic episode Jason, have you been listening to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a silly, <laughs> stupid question, I guess, <laughs> since you're the guy who edits them. Dear listener, have you been listening to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit? Yeah. If if you guys haven't listened to any of the Not Your Pastor's Pulpit episodes you're or sermons, you, re- you really are. Uh, so far, we've got three out right now. We got... Jed from Church and Other Drugs, that's the most recent one. Oh, my goodness. Alex did, like, because we record just little intros to our sermons. Man, did did you not cry the first time you heard that? I See, I don't cry because I'm part robot, but I 
I teared up a little bit. A little bit of oil leaked out of my tear ducts. Well, I'm 100% human, dude, and I <laughs> cry. Like, man. Like, I, I really know why did. you cry. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys, listen to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit. They are short sermons, our stories, all centered around Jesus. From all of our, like, we wa- I hope all of our listeners submit one. And we've got a number of them in the bank right now, and we're going to release one a week, midweek, and you can hear those now, and you can send us your sermon and send it to notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Pretty much the longest email there is. Mm-hmm. And it's funny enough, Jason, you, you know, we're talking about Not Your Pastor's Pulpit, and we actually have somebody on the podcast today that sent their submission in already. That's how he got on the show. Like, Absolutely. Like I heard him and I listened to like his podcast outside the walls. I heard him on the Inglorious Pastors and um, I just kind of threw out the idea and he immediately did a sermon for us and said he was one of the first people to send one in. That is so awesome. And yeah, just his excitement for the idea and the project like is one of the reasons why I'm so excited for this project. Exactly. And his 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 sermon or story is going to be posted this upcoming week. Yeah, midweek. So if you really like what you hear today, you're really going to enjoy what Brandon has to say this upcoming Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the episode gets released. Yeah, but hey, why don't we like talk to him? Yeah, for sure. Here's the interview. All right, guys, we are here with Brandon Andrus, political correspondent to the Inglorious Pastors. What's up, Brandon? <laughs> uh, you guys are too much. <laughs> How did you get that title? Like, all of a sudden, like, they just started introducing you as the political correspondent. You know, I think that the guys know how much I loathe politics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they know it's like a dig every single time that they do it. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> I kind of wear it like this completely ironic uh, badge of honor. Nice. You've yeah. been you've been on their show quite a bit. Yeah, I found my way to I found a way to worm myself in. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, what happens is that every single time that I go on, I get there and they change the topic. Nice. And so then they feel bad about it and they bring me back and they say, you know, let's do this topic. And I get there and they switch it. So I'm appreciative of those guys. I love them so much. Um, just such a such a blessing just to know all of them. I knew Matt uh, for the longest time, Brad second, and then Michael, Michael J. Basinger. Uh Probably more recently, but yeah. love those guys. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, actually, we're not talking about legalism today. We're doing porn part two, so. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, mostly just talking about our wives this time, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You have your own podcast, too, Outside the Walls. I do. Yeah. Yep, that's that's all we need to say about that. <laughs> well, I, Al- Alex and I were just listening to one of your episodes when you called and Alex said you interrupted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I started it I started it in May, I think, and the really funny thing is that I never really wanted to do a podcast at all. Yeah. And I completely avoided it. The area that I like to stick in is writing and then occasionally speaking live and 
I hate listening to myself speak. So like after this, I won't even go back and listen to this podcast episode that you guys are doing because <laughs> I, I hate listening to myself speak. But, you know, I, I finally figured out that I have so much material just written over the last 10 years that it would be a really unfortunate thing if I didn't find a way to get it out there um, in, po in podcast form. And so I wanted to do it in a way a little bit different than other people. I really don't have anybody else to sit around the table with to discuss issues. So I just sit in my uh, fantastic recording studio, uh, also <laughs> known as my car, and then uh, just use a little creativity and try to mix it up a little bit, try to keep it about eight to 10 minutes. And um, it's really been cool. It's been a really nice response. Yeah, that's what I love about your podcast is they are all relatively short. And so I, I tend to like... I don't listen to like the same, uh, well, I, I guess I don't listen to like my podcast every week, you know, like I, I have right. a set, I binge on them. So it's like, you know, this whole entire week, it's all pastors and glorious pastors <laughs> or it's all outside the walls and right. Right. And it's just like ghost stories. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> around or, the campfire. Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> whatever. But with yours, it's like you just there are all these like quick hits, and it's just like, man, I just like took in so much information at once. <laughs> My yeah. mind's about to explode. <laughs> I love it. The music yeah, also helps it, too, for sure. Yeah, because you kind of speak in a cadence, and it's like I'm in. I'm I'm locked in. That's but, really cool. You yeah. know, I re I really appreciate it, and that's what I'm going for. And it's been a while since I've put an episode out. Um, it's probably been about five or six weeks. Not really sure when I'm coming back. Haven't been feeling it lately. We've had some stuff going on with our house church. Um, had some tragedy there, and yeah. just been really heartbroken lately. So uh, I'll be back, but it's just going to be a while. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be looking forward to you coming back, but today. We have a really interesting topic that we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about, brace yourselves, everyone, legalism. <laughs> you guys remember that tiny town in Footloose? We're going to debunk that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's favorite movie is Footloose. I have it on DVD, VHS, and I have the soundtrack on vinyl. I don't know why I love that movie. I just do. Kevin Bacon like is my spirit animal, I think. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is your spirit animal? <laughs> Nice. That's great. Yeah. Well, I know I wanted to talk about this because this is something I really struggle with, Alex. Yeah, we, I, I would say I a little bit myself, too. Uh, yeah, we talked about this in our, our intro, and and Brandon, I'm picking up from your... I don't know if I picked it up from, from your podcast itself, or maybe it was you on the Pastors or something, but I kind of get this feeling that you, uh, like me, kind of come from a legalistic background of sorts. Yeah, I think so. Um, as we were talking about earlier, I don't know what the full spectrum of uh, legalism is, what the most extreme is, but I know that somewhere in that mix, uh, I've been squarely in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we should probably define what legalism is for people who don't know, especially if they're not coming from a church background. Right. For sure. It's For me, whenever I think about legalism, I think of like the... The you have to wear a suit on Sunday. Girls have to wear dresses. Uh, you can only use a, <laughs> a King James Bible. Oh yeah, that's and like you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't go to movies. Like 
my wife grew up very legalistic. She went to uh, she went to a, a private uh, Christian school, and like they got demerits, they had uniforms, and like they had to sign paperwork saying that for the whole school year they wouldn't go to movies uh, of any sort except for The Passion. They were allowed to go see The Passion, of course. <laughs> yeah, but but that was it. And like, I, it's so weird because like the only real legalistic thing I had growing up was uh, at our church we couldn't do anything with drums. No drums at all. No or, drums. Oh yeah. Those or are the, we had a, the Satan's instrument. Yeah, we had a family leave the church because uh, Luke, my good my good buddy uh, yeah. Luke, that you, you calling know, him out, just calling him right out. Luke, my good friend, he had an electric bass, and so the family left. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> as soon as you electrify an instrument, Satan, Satan yeah. just possesses it, and it just all goes to well, hell, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would kind of be in the same camp. Uh, you know, I'm I'm there with you, but I was trying to th- like, how could I sum it up for myself? Like, and I would say, and there's there's a lot to it, but just denying others entry into heaven. Oh man, that's a good definition right there. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, and just I've done that a lot over my life, and there's a lot to be <laughs> repented of, honestly. Uh, what about you, Brandon? What do you what do you think when you think of the word legalism? Like, how would you define that? Uh, I think that there's probably, maybe maybe most simply, you're probably looking at a works-based salvation or what do I need to do to get to heaven. I mean, I think that that's one component of it. Um, I'm thinking that there's probably another component that goes into it as well, uh, because I think that there are some people who really believe um, salvation is through grace, but then there's still a righteous um, yeah. legalist component to it. So it's like, yeah, we, we know we're saved by grace, but at the same time, you know, we have to keep things in order and we need to make sure that people follow the rules. And so there's still this rule, rule-based mentality within a grace-based system. So, yeah, I kind of like both of what you guys said, but I'm going to flip it around on you a little bit and yeah, ask you guys, yeah. like, why do you think that... And I've been known to hijack other people's podcasts, so now you guys are being interviewed no, by me. No, this, this is what we love. <laughs> we love this. Now... I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to find out at the beginning, like, why is this a topic that you guys really want to get into? Yeah, for me, it's because I have hurt a lot of people with it. And what I, I guess what I mean by that, I like to share like a quick story. So um, a man had passed away at a church across town, which ironically is now the church I attend. Um but at the time, I was going to this really legalistic church. And at the time, I didn't even know what the word legal... I didn't know what legalism was, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know what a Pharisee was. That's uh, another word we've, uh, uh, people we should define later. But I, uh, I had caught wind from my brother who had told me this man, his friend's dad, had passed away. And he, he, um, he was a youth group, group leader and le- had led over 100 kids to Christ. And he was telling me about this funeral and how the place was just packed out and all these people honoring this guy uh, and the work he had done for the Lord, like leading all these kids to Christ and making this huge impact. And my only thought was, that's a shame they're all going to burn in hell because that church uses musical instruments. Right. I mean, that's that's all I knew is that church uses musical instruments and everybody who uses musical instruments is automatically going to hell. And and I took it even further than that. I mean, the 
that that belief right there it stems from Church of Christ, and they uh, not not that all churches of Christ are bad. There's a there's a lot of good ones. There's good ones in our area. This this particular one at this particular time wasn't good. And I mean, it started with that where you're looking at everybody outside who's not practicing religion or are worshiping God the same way that you are, and they're automatically going to hell. And I was honestly quite rude to a lot of people because I wasn't trying to get them to Jesus. I was trying to get them to think the way that I thought so -hmm. that I could get them to Jesus. And it's a huge frustrating roadblock. And that's just like one small example of how I hurt people. My brother was so mad at me for that, you know? And I tell that story because I go to that church now. I tell those people that, and they're like, holy cow, you thought that about so-and-so? Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, it was bad. And now it's kind of funny how God has brought me full circle. And um, I know when I first started going to this church was the first time that I heard the gospel. And the sermon series over the first seven weeks was the seven woes to the Pharisees. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I was like... I heard heard the gospel for the first time in this sermon, but I was like, "I'm a Pharisee. Like I am, I am <laughs> full blown. I am full blown. You got a phylactery in I your mean, back pocket? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're using a lot of words here that might confuse people, but yeah, uh, the phyla- phylactery was on the forehead for sure. Oh man, <laughs> and and like as I said in like our porn episode, like I was nailing it out of the po- ballpark surface level wise i mean i was mighty impressive mm-hmm. at at the church i was going to i was um on the seven woes of the pharisees there how they're raising up a child uh what is i forget the words of jesus there like twice a child twice uh, the child of satan yes i was yeah. that kid because i was even worse than they were i was the worst right so i think that you know part of this discussion has to start off with this is absolutely not a finger pointing session, right? No, that's no, right. Because that's what I'm guilty of. We're we're recovering recovering legalists, and yes. hopefully that the same grace that we're walking into is the same grace that we are affording other people. And so I, you know, because I think it, it would be a real shame if the only audience for this particular episode was people who would just shake their head and say, "Yes, we agree with you," rather than people who are you know, in that legalist space themselves right now, listening, saying, I wonder what they're talking about. I wonder, I've never, I've never considered anything outside of where I've been. And so I think that I have that heart mainly because I was the legalist and I know how I was treated a few times by people who had had the good fortune of discovering the kingdom of God and then branching out of legalism but then the same grace that they received, the same love that they received was not the same grace and love that they afforded me. And so it left yeah. a really sour taste in my mouth. So I think at the very beginning, just part of this discussion is just, you know, being very quick to say that anything that we say is not in a finger of judgment. It's just in a spirit of, you know, shepherding, of bringing people into the fold, of just being incredibly loving and graceful. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, so I didn't grow up in a super legalistic church. And even if it was legalistic, I, I revolted against that and pushed back. 
Like <laughs> I remember one one of our camps that we did. Like at our church, you know, we we weren't allowed to have drums, so we had everybody that was in the band. Like, and if you played in a band, you know how important it is to keep time and to keep a beat. But like we had the whole rest of the youth group play drums on the pews on the back of the pews to help the band keep time because we weren't allowed to have drums <laughs> yeah it and it was just super funny but like i took that and i like would like almost make like anti-establishment like those dumb legalistic people like <laughs> they this, have this was your rebellion yeah this was my rebellion <laughs> and so like i would even like i would cling to guys like john calvin and be like it's all about grace and i would just be throwing ephesians 2 in everybody's face and then i was like you guys haven't arrived yet you guys are still stuck in your legalism and therefore i didn't have grace for the other side of the fence yeah right so Get For this. Sure. I just thought of another one. I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry here. But I remember our our um, our minister coming back and showing us a video after a mission trip from uh, South Africa. This small little tribe he had visited, and he uh, is showing a clip of the congregation, and they're they're kind of swaying and clapping as they're singing a hymn, and he immediately stopped paused the video and apologized to the congregation saying, I know they're clapping in this and I um, I just want to let you know, we have, the the Lord has a lot of work to do here <laughs> oh my to, to help them understand um, that the clapping is wrong. They don't know that yet. They were first reached by a, by a Catholic organization <laughs> and I mean... And but here I here I am listening like watching this and I'm like yeah man maybe I should go to South Africa and teach them not to clap you know <laughs> like oh wow like that's that's how like deep and rooted and that lifestyle when you're projecting all these extra rules onto other people you of course have to live by them yeah absolutely and, and the pressure is enormous and what happened is I I cracked like because I'm forcing all this stuff and I look really good on the outside, but here I am loading up on porn at night, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And hoping nobody finds out and just this circle of, you know, of, I don't want to say, it wasn't like full-blown depression, but it's just it's so concentrated on covering my tracks and making sure, man, if the church found out about this, I'd be sunk or, you know, and it's really hard now that I've learned about, like, even learned about what grace is, mm-hmm. it's really hard to break that mindset. So that's a great point. And let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Do you think that legalism is anything less than the completely radical grace of God? Oh, man. Why don't you tell us, Brandon? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What do you... Like you're a smart guy. You've written books. No, nah, I just like listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that moment. So you're saying we get legalism by the grace of God? No, no, no. Is anything less than the radical grace of God legalism? Because I think no, that that's I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm stuck yeah. because because I think there's a certain element to legalism, and Paul says this in Galatians when he's explaining why we had the law in the first place, is it was a guardian until Jesus came. And so there's mm-hmm. still aspects like when I think about myself as a parent, we have rules in our household that other people don't have to live by. Their, you know, our kids have friends come over. Their friends don't have to live by these same rules, but we put these in place kind of 
as a guardian, you know? And so like from a, from thinking of that as a legalistic standpoint, I wouldn't say that's, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is that, I mean, that's less than grace, but is that still legalism? Is that still well, bad? Is it still wrong? You know? Can we change it to maybe that it's important to have guideposts in our lives or signposts in our lives to give us direction? Yeah. But it's not essential that you absolutely do them. Yes. But by the Spirit of God, you receive freedom, you receive grace. The unwarranted um, grace of God that's given to us. And I think that the reason that we have a hard time just going into that space of complete radical grace of God is because there's so much fear. Yeah. And and you know what? Honestly, it's almost because we're fearful on the one hand because we think that if we don't do all of these things, then we may be on the precipice of hell at any moment. Yep. Which is a fear-based mentality. And then on the other hand, if we don't control people, then things will, you know, be chaotic and think, you know, it will just be a mess. And I think in both of those instances, I don't know if that's necessarily what the spirit of God um, really wants out of us. I'm not sure if that that's, you know, if there is freedom in the spirit of God and if we, and if we look at the law as signposts that give us guidance, I think that the grace of God is so radical and so ridiculous that there is so much freedom within that. You know, that verse from Paul that he says, um, basically that you can do anything under God's grace, but not all things are beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that he's driving at that point. It's like, we understand that there is radical grace here and that there should be no fear within that. But at the same time, not all things are going to be beneficial for us. And so we look at these signposts as, you know, for our guidance in the same way that we might look at other Christians to shepherd us or guide us. We also look at, you know, the, the, um, the law in the Bible and it gives us direction in which way to go. Yeah. I mean, I was going, I was going through Galatians and Paul was saying that don't use your freedom as an opportunity, you know, for the flesh, you know? Right. Yeah. So there's tons of freedom within that, but there's also, I think this recognition that not all things would be good. I I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the place that I get the most concerned is whenever we start creating our own, and this is the real issue is that we start creating our own little mini laws within the church that people have to follow in order to, you know, be a good Christian or, or in order to go to heaven. And if you don't check off all of these rules and all of these laws that people create within the church, then again, we're always fearful that we might be on the borderline of heaven or hell. And I think it's just too much weight for us to carry around. It's a weight that was never meant for us to carry. And I think that that's the, you know, for instance, um, you know, when growing up, I, I would always think, you know, what if I did not complete all of the five steps of salvation what if i missed one part of it and it's like well i know now that god's grace is so radical that 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 the heart of god is just to be in union with my heart you know that does that erase these beautiful steps of salvation does that make them void does that make them not important well no there's merit there there they are guideposts they are signposts to guide us into that union with god 
But at the end of the day, it's not the rules or the laws that God wants you to follow. He wants your heart. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and what happens is we get so stuck on the outside appearance. And on the inside, we're dead man's bones. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. Have you guys ever been in that place where you said, what if I miss a Sunday school class? Or what if I miss church? Or what if I miss communion one Sunday? Or what if I die on my way to get baptized? Yes. You know, it's it's a goodness. That's a huge one. (laughs) It's a. It's a terrible, terrible place to live, and it's a place of so much burden, right? Yeah, you have it, you have no assurance of your salvation at all. None. There, there, there is no assurance. I mean, no. you, you mess up today, or you mess up, uh, Alex. If you have a beer right now, and you don't repent, oh, snap. Of the, if you don't snap. repent of that beer, and you fall down these steps and die behind us, dude. You're done. You're going straight to hell. I blame Bell's Oberon for my reason why I went to hell. It's just, yeah. Brandon, where does this legalistic mentality come from? Why do we do it? Why did the Pharisees do it 2,000 years ago? Like, where does this come from? It's not a new problem. I'll tell you a funny story, and this is not where it comes from, but this is the the uh, way it manifests out in a little guy uh, who went to church camp. You know, I, I remember going down to the lake and someone was going to be baptized and I was standing there with this huge group and it was an exciting uh, moment, no question, in this in this girl's life. And the guy said the prayer, said the confession of faith, slam dunked her under the water. And I noticed that her arm didn't go all the way under the yeah. water. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. dude. <laughs> and I was like. Oh no. Yeah. You know, and I went up, I was like maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. I went up to the dean of the camp and I said, Hey, you know, she didn't get her whole arm under the water. And he said, I think that's okay. <laughs> and I was like, I, I couldn't completely understand, but it, it's, you know, again, just part of the problem where, Man, and, and, and it's it's a mentality that operates in, in you're asking, where does it come from? It comes from fear. Yeah. It, oh, it, it's yeah. almost like that we have this idea that God is sitting on high and watching every single one of us at every single moment, just waiting for us to do something wrong so he can cast us into the lake of fire, you know? And I think what a terribly horrific, violent God, if if all you have time for is to sit around and watch poor little me and all the decisions that I make incorrectly, yeah. ready to cast me into the fire. Yeah, you, you mentioned those baptism stories, and people at the church I used to go to would get rebaptized all the time. There was one guy who got rebaptized because his he's like, my big toe came out. It came out. It didn't go. It, it didn't he had go an up. abnormally large toe. Yeah, it was so unfortunate. But it was serious. <laughs> I'm like shaking my head. You guys can't see me, but like this is like my my not having like. Yeah, Alex, you're shocked, man. I am so shocked. I I, I don't know. I I struggled for the longest time because I got baptized in a um like a small like uh, whirlpool tub, you know, like a little hot tub that you know big enough for like one maybe two people, and my uh, um my in-laws bedroom and my knee didn't go all the way under and <laughs> for the longest time i was so i was so scared like do do i do i need to get rebaptized because we thought it was absolutely essential 
right. that you are baptized to get to heaven. And it has to be done a certain way. And and my knee came up and I struggled with that for a long time. Maybe maybe my like anytime something would come up, you know, something bad would happen, the basement would flood. And it's like, man, I maybe I should get rebaptized. I'm like, <laughs> man, when you're standing at the pearly gates and you're before God and yeah. you know, he's got the good book in front of him and he's like, Yeah, you know, you were all in. <laughs> Except for that knee. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I'll tell you another quick story. Um, my sister, um, who grew up in the same um, denomination or non-denominational denomination that I grew up in, she started going to a Bible study with another uh, church, and they were having a discussion. And one of the things that she said was she prefaced what she was going to say with, with what she was going to say by saying, if I, if I get to go to heaven one day, Mm. or if I make it to heaven one day, man, and, and everybody just kind of stopped and just looked at her and they were like, what, what does that mean? Like if, if, if you get to go to heaven one day, and and I think that again, it's it's still that mentality of like we have to do things enough good things in order to make the yeah. cut, yeah. or that God's watching. And, you know, and they were so good to say the grace of God has completely covered you. And and I think it's in that place where all of a sudden that burden is lifted. I mean, if, if that's not the good news, I don't know what the good news is. It's the it's the weight of the burden of everything that we've been carrying that's finally just laid down, and it feels like freedom. It feels like there's so much more to this life than what we've been settling for. And and, and almost in, let's see if I can find it. Well, why don't we, uh, should we take a quick break right now? Yeah, let's take a quick break. All right, let's, we'll be right back with Brandon Andrus. All right, Jason, welcome to the break. Guess what? What? We have three five-star reviews, my friend. Whoa! I, I know, dude. Talking about porn pace. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Uh, so M Swift said, "Great show, Flint local show brought back some great oh. memories. Super proud of, of for of you for sharing your battle with anxiety. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to more shows." Oh, dude, Alex, I had between Facebook and actual live people have come up. About fifty people have come up to me, dang, and said thank you. You know how many people have come up to me? You know what? I have heard a lot of people say, Alex did a great job interviewing no you, so you way. just stop right there. You did a good job with that interview. I had one person come up to me and say, wow, your co-host is messed up. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> He's a nice man. You don't even know. <laughs> um, Badaja said, raw, honest, insightful, entertaining. Props for ta- talking about some difficult subjects. Production is great. I can tell you guys put a lot of time into this. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And I want to make one quick correction. We don't put a lot of time into this. Jason puts a lot of time into this. So, Jason, if there's any just uh, just compliments that people can give about the production of our show, it's you, my friend. Thanks, Alex. So, hey, you know what? This I want this commercial to be about you Yeah, well. I think that's my buddy, Jake. Yeah. I think that's him. And if it is, I just want to let everybody know he is 
the best drummer I have ever played in a band with, a human metronome. He made <laughs> Can't me, lose time. He made me a better musician. Nice. Yes. So thanks, buddy. So we have one more, and this one's yeah. really interesting because this this one, uh, uh, your boy fifty nine fifty. This one's uh, I'll, I'll I'll just read it. And you can tell. This one yeah. says so good. Hey Alex and Jay, I love this podcast. I heard about it from a friend at work. Huh? I wonder what work. Apparently, Alex used to work at Grable Windows and Doors, which is where I work. I used I worked there for seven years, Jason. All my Michigan. Oh man, like for whatever reason, like this this when I read this inter- or when I read this review, it made me so happy. I listen to them daily and love what they are doing. I used to be a drug addict and have been clean for three years, which is when I was diagnosed oh, with anxiety. Hearing Jay's episode has helped me so much to know I'm not alone. Oh, dude. I want eight. Hey, I want to extend an invitation. Your boy, 5950, hit us up on social media somehow. I don't know if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook or you Instagram or whatever. Hit us up. I'm really curious how the shop is doing. That's That's... I'd love that place and I love the people there. So I'm really curious you to know, hear what's going on. Yeah. And real quick, what's crazy about that is, is the business I used to work for occupied that building mm-hmm. before you guys did. So yep. Alex and I technically worked in the same building. At one point. At, yeah. It was predestined, Jason. Yeah. But predestined. Crazy. So like, I know exactly where you're at, <laughs> your boy, 59. And that might be creepy for some people. <laughs> a little bit, but dude, th- Jason's really nice guy. Thank you so much for your kind words. Like, yeah, absolutely. And guess what? Brandon Andrews has some more kind words. So let's get back in this episode. All right, guys, we're back with Brandon Andrews of Outside the Walls podcast. And a little known fact, Brandon recorded a Not Your Pastor's Pulpit sermon for us, or sermon or story, whatever you want to call them. But Brandon recorded one for us, and it is amazing. And Brandon did something a little bit different that nobody else really did. You added, you you basically took your episode, what an episode that you would do on your podcast, and did it in our pulpit series. I did. <laughs> that yeah. is great, dude. Uh, yeah, we don't get to do this. Uh, we haven't gotten to do this yet, but just to like say thank you for participating in our little project, man. I think it's a great idea. I mean, anytime that a person or a podcast can give voice to various diverse voices, I mean, the first two that you guys have had have been phenomenal. Oh, thank and you. Coming well, thank from them. so many different perspectives. <laughs> yeah, it's so so good. That's that's what I'm excited for. I'm I'm excited. I mean, we've we've got like at this point in time, like 10 of them banked and I've listened to all of them and I've listened to them in succession, which is really like how I want people to listen to. It's just like, holy cow, my picture of Jesus just exploded. So did Brad Polly cuss on his? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think so. We were going to tell everybody that it's actually Matt Polly just to, oh my God, <laughs> just, <one> would know. <laughs> just to confuse everybody because you can't tell their voices apart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. But I mean, so you guys will be able to hear that on, uh, this upcoming week on either Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. from Brandon, some we, more. Yep. Uh, we've been releasing a midweek. Yep. But we are right in the thick of the most legalistic conversation I've ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) 
like Brandon is Brandon took his hat off and he's paying respect to God. He's wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> yep. Uh, I just, I, I just don't feel like I, I measure up to him. I, I'll never be as yeah. good as Brandon. And, you know, we're growing at our church. You know, we have drums, but we're gonna put two drum shields up. We're gonna put, yep. We have <laughs> just, to block all the all the sure. Satan sounding songs. Yeah, you know, and when you look at it from the congregation point of view, if we have two drum shields, then the then your your image of the drummer will kind of refract. Oh right. So it's like not even a, a drummer won't even be there at all. When they sing "Good you know? Good Father," are they talking about Satan when they play the drums? Satan is your father. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> a bad joke. You're going with that. That's a, really a really bad joke. That's a really bad joke. It sounded better in my head. But anyway, we are here with Brandon once again to talk about legalism, and we kind of talked about. We kind of left off with this this idea that like there's like some guilt and some fear in in legalism. Yeah, I think Tim Keller said it in one of his books somewhere. Or maybe it wasn't Tim Keller. Revealing at all. your true colors, huh, Jason? Well, I you know what? It may have been John MacArthur. Oh, dang, son. <laughs> I listened to Talk so legalism right many there. Different. I don't know that he Snap. is. Who? John Possibly, MacArthur? Yeah, he's really dry and boring. When but, he when he says that all the hippies during the seventies converted over to wearing suits in their services, yeah, that's legalism. Yeah, there's a you know I listened to a, a ton of sermons from from a ton of different pastors, and I don't remember where I, I heard this or I read that, but legalism produces two things in people: it produces either pride or guilt. And when I heard that, I kind of resonated with that, and my wife and I. We took two different approaches because going to a really legalistic church with all these rules, I love them. I love the rules. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It makes it so <laughs> it makes it easy. I don't have to have a real relationship with God. I can just I can just do the rules. And for me, it produces pride because I have this feeling like I can keep them. And right. you know, I start excelling in this little community of people like and you know they're proud of me i look good i feel good about myself i got this tremendous pride my wife on the other hand she is she does not like rules at all i mean and there's tons of people like that they just rules don't jive with them but what happens is you break a rule and all of a sudden you feel guilt and you feel guilt to the point like you know i just give up i just give up i can't do it I can't, I can't keep all the rules. God must not love me. Everybody else is excelling. I'm not. I'm down here. And it produces this tremendous guilt. Well, imagine the way that that comes across to people who are not a part of the church. Yeah. You know, I, think back, I think back to a time, again, whenever I was young, there was a lady that came into the church as a visitor, and I had never seen her before. And she was wearing a short skirt. So at that time, it would have been, you know, somewhere above the knee. Yeah, done. And it was a huge controversy yeah. to which one of the elders immediately after church said, if you're going to come back here, yep, you're going to have to not wear such a short skirt, you know, wear pants, wear a longer dress, what have you. But I think how incredibly heartbreaking whenever our faith has been turned into sin management, yeah. sin control. And it seems like an incredibly insufficient construct to, you know, because while it's something from the outside trying to uh, elicit behavior modification, 
at the same time, it's doing absolutely nothing for changing a person's heart. Nothing at all. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the real sadness for me yeah. is that, you know, it, we talk, I'm sure that you guys have talked about this a lot, but, you know, th- that's the biggest limitation of the law or rules or rule-based faith is that they're good. They're really good for um, behavior modification mm-hmm. and, and people can put on the facade for a while and people can say, yes, I'm following the rules. But it doesn't have to lead to heart transformation or heart change. And I, that, you know, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I was just kind of thinking as you were saying that, like it, the rules don't necessarily lead to heart change. And I'm, I'm thinking about this current, and I don't want to come across as I think this is a negative. I think the, the buzzword, the idea of deconstruction, I think that's a good thing. And it does have its good, good, places in our society and in, yeah, in, I mean, in our church culture. But for the reason why we're, we're probably seeing a lot of this deconstruction and even some people walking away from the church or walking away from their faith, if they had faith at all, is because they bought into the legalism and they didn't buy into Jesus. Absolutely. Dude, I totally agree. And I can tell you, like when you, you mentioned deconstruction is a good thing. I am so thankful that I deconstructed out of legalism. <laughs> I think, I always think Paul is one of the biggest deconstructionists there is, the Apostle Paul, because he had to deconstruct himself out of being a Pharisee to grace, more or less. And then the funny thing is, is you hear pastors like, this This is this is the sign of the end times. Everybody's walking away and walking into these like false teachings. It's like, no, you guys taught legalism instead of Jesus. That's why everybody's walking away. It's not because right. it's necessarily the end times, like, ooh, we're all going to get raptured soon. Yeah. But it's the fact that we pushed rules. And guess what? Eventually, people just rebel against the rules. Legalism's a good entry point for civility and behavior modification. Yeah. But it, it, it's not the recipe or the antidote for a rich and full life. You know, it, it's like, here's a couple of examples. It, whenever I take my family to an amusement park and we are in line to do the roller coaster and one of my kids is standing there and they come up with the stick to see if they're tall enough to ride it. Yeah. It's essentially like coming up to my daughter and saying, hey, good job. You measured up, but now you don't ride the ride. Yeah. I mean, because y- you've met the requirement, but you don't get the joy or the you know, the, the real joy of riding the roller coaster, of experiencing so much fuller and richer. You know, I think that whenever you think about parables like um, the treasure or the tre- uh, the parable of the pearl, there's something so beautiful about that because it's not a rule-based parable. It's about people who are looking and searching and trying to discover something mm. that is beautiful. And, and it, there's a path that winds there's there's uh you know people are looking and searching and it, maybe another way you could put it is saying you know let's think about the prodigal son yeah i was gonna get to this yeah yeah i mean he could very well have his iphone with google maps on it and it could give him the play-by-play on how to get home and he might very well make it home 
without ever having a heart change. He could arrive at the destination, but nothing has happened inside of him. And I think that that's the real limitation of legalism is that it can look good on the outside. It can lead, you know, it can, it has an outward appearance of being good or righteous or going to heaven while at the same time you can be completely bankrupt and completely broken and untransformed on the inside. And I think that that's the sadness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, that pair of the prodigal son, I was totally the guy, the son who stayed home and did good. And, <laughs> and I would, that, that was me. And I'm life got to a point to, for me where I got to this point where all this bad stuff is happening and I'm like, God, I, you know, I, I came on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and all the extra Bible studies and VBS and every, I've done everything, God, and you're going to do this to me? Like, I told God to F off one time in prayer. And I think that was the start of my real relationship with God, mm. because he started to show me things after that point. Of like, you've been getting it wrong the whole time. Hmm. And that that's like the brutal part of legalism. I don't, I don't think we've we've gotten to yet just now, but the person who follows all the rules and gets to the end and see that there was really nothing in it for him at all except for, you know, a gold star that you followed your own rules essentially. It's it's, it's empty. It's like the Baptist who's never tried a good craft beer. Like you don't know what you're missing out on, bro. And by the and you do realize that the Bible says when you get to heaven you're going to drink wine, so <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> anyway, Brandon, I, I, I kind of wanted to get to this question because so the three of us sitting here, we 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 mentioned this idea of this radical grace. And I would say, like, I hope you, the podcast listener, have heard about the radical grace of God. But and even if you have, there's a part of us that wants to go back to legalism at times. And so, like, why is it, Brandon, or why do you think that we tend to think we our our thoughts tend to go to legalistic thoughts first before we go to the thoughts of God's radical grace for us. Um, I mean, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's easy. It's not messy. It helps us with our cognitive cognitive dissonance because um, we want to feel like that we're in the right. We don't. It makes ask us for feel help. good. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, another big one is. I think down deep, we like the we versus they categorizations, you know, because it makes us feel like that we're in the right group. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) the antidote to legalism is picking up your cross daily. Yeah. And I think it's dying to yourself. And I think that it's having new eyes to see and a new heart. And, you know, all of a sudden it, it takes you into places where... If if we are really truly experiencing the heart of God and the grace of God, it, it does nothing. It does nothing less than completely change how you see and how you talk and how you relate, and it puts you in a very humble position yes. where your heart breaks for every single person of this world, and where the categorizations fall and where the dividing lines fall, and. There's just something so much more rich and beautiful, you know, rather than operating by simply following the rules or staying above the law or constantly worrying whether or not we're breaking the law or living in fear, you know, 
or not being perfect, living by the law, if we could actually begin living and operating within that radical grace, I think that I think that that would be the place where people's hearts would begin opening up once again. Because I think that people are so closed off to the legalism, to people who are creating the us versus them categorizations and pushing people away or judging from on high, you know, the righteous versus the unrighteous. And I think that if our faith is going to change in the future, and it has to, because I think we're seeing the last dying, the last dying gasps of legalism hopefully you know because i, I think I that people right <laughs> yeah i i think that we're finally getting to a, well i mean whenever i say that i mean we see the numbers falling within the churches in general but i think in in particular maybe even in the, the legalist churches because maybe the people who are only continually you know staying within them are the children or the grandchildren of the families that are already there but i just wonder about you know, people in our communities that have never been interested in faith, are they interested in going into those places? I don't know. Yeah, you hit you hit a key word in there, Brandon, about um, being humble and humility. And as I mentioned before, it's, it was that point in my life where I was pretty much saying, F you, God, <laughs> uh, that he humbled me in a huge and gigantic way. I mean, part of that we talked about in the porn episode, Jason, you have a problem. Like, there's a deep problem here. You're hiding it. You're pretending to be this awesome person. You're a hypocrite, basically. And I, and I was. And God, God humbled me. Before he did that, you know, I, I look at, now I look at, like, the, um, the Good Samaritan. And I was totally the guy who would see somebody hurt or broken on the side of the road, left for dead, and I would say things in my head like, "He must have done something awful to deserve that from God." Right. And right. and after God humbled me, um, now I I'm more apt to put myself in that person's shoes. You know, you know, I see somebody hurting, and it's like, man, I hurt for them. Like I I hurt too. And or I see uh, it comes up most when we go um, to uh, drug recovery homes, or even in the county jail, and you see people in there. And your my first thought is, I wonder what they did to get in here. And right. that has so often now been replaced with, you know, you see their behavior or something, and it's like, how much hurt do they have in their life? that led to that behavior that led to that action. How much hurt is behind that? And like, I break for them and I want to help with the only way I know how to help. And that's to introduce Jesus to them to the best of my knowledge, our ability at the time, because ultimately that's, that's where I derive comfort from now. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely, it's a more beautiful narrative. I think, you know, it's, I don't find it especially beautiful whenever we simply follow the rules, yeah. you know, I think oh, that's the so place good. where, where grace and love is beautiful is when it, it looks like a cross like love that would lay its life down for another person. And, you know, it's, it's more beautiful whenever you are caring for someone on the side of the road rather than judging them and driving by, you know, it's, yeah. 
it's going in and serving at a homeless shelter regardless of how they got there and not even asking questions, but loving them in that space. And, you know, it's, I mean, even to be incredibly relevant right now, it is being in a position where I, I, where we can look as people of faith at people who come into our country illegally, yeah, yeah, but still be willing to love them and give them food, shelter, and a drink, you know, because they are doing the best for their lives that they can. Yeah. And I think, you know, I that, that that's why I'm so, I think in many senses, so anti-political or apolitical is that in many regards, much of what politics does is put a limit on how vast and beautiful the kingdom of God is. And it, it, it tries to minimize it. And I think that, you know, the love of God is so much greater than trying to enforce laws, which is why Um, you start a podcast called outside the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, you were just waiting for that one. Yeah, I was a little man. Uh, Oh man, I had another thought, and that uh, I just derailed myself. Is what I just did there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a good one. It was perfectly timed. Yeah. Dang it. Where was I going? Oh, I had something good too. I'm mad at myself now. What would you say, Brandon? In, in, in I don't know if this question will make the make the podcast or not, but I hope it. Maybe I don't know because it's not necessarily <laughs> legal. I don't know if it's necessarily legal, is it? But like for like I told you, like where where my struggle is with. I may not necessarily be legalistic, not have legalistic tendencies, but I have more of like a pride tendency, like, oh, I'm at least better than these legalistic people. Right. Like how, how do you how do you combat that? How does legalism not reign over legalism? Yeah, I guess that's a good que- that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean it unfortunately we've seen it way too many times. And I mean, I can't remember if I told you guys this story or not, or if you heard it. It was one of my podcast episodes, but I was, believe it or not, I was trying to put on a political event a long time ago that was faith-based, and I was trying to book a particular musician to come to it. And I kept dealing with this artist management company, and I kept explaining what it was for, you know, know, we take back America, political, faith-based, whatever. The guy, they, they never would call me back. And finally, after two weeks, they said, wait a second. They gave the phone to the main guy and he said, you know, we're not interested. We don't believe that the kingdom of God moves forward through, you know, politics. And I completely didn't understand what he was talking about at the time. Okay. I was very ingrained with politics into the, uh, you know, our country and the flag and what have you. And. I mean, if it would have just stayed right there and if you would have had a little bit of grace and a little bit of mercy to understand that I didn't know anything more than that, and maybe he could have ex- been patient with me and explained what the kingdom of God even was, there might have been something really beautiful and redeeming there. But what did he do? He followed it up with, people like you will never get it. Mm. And I am telling you, I was as mad as I've ever been in my life. And I know that if I would have been in the same state as that guy, I would have socked him. (laughs) I would have, I really wouldn't have. But, you know, I I think that that's the thing is that it can become an, 
even even when you come out of legalism, the temptation, unfortunately, is to sit on high again. Arrogance. Right? Arrogance. Ar- yeah, arrogance you you have had some sort of enlightenment that other people don't understand yet. That's right. And instead of using it to benefit other people, you sit on a high horse and you become arrogant. Yeah. And I do want to say, though, that I don't say that in a in a way that means that I've never done it myself because I have. And so I'm not saying that I I I haven't, but I think that I have, you know, at least through that experience and it really being on my mind. And then later on discovering what the kingdom of God even was changed my entire life and my heart and the way that I saw, see people, the way that I act, the way that I talk with people, my whole life changed when I discovered the kingdom of God. But, you know, it's at that place when you realize that you can't turn around and just become what you came out of. Yeah. You, you have to be graceful to people who don't, don't understand. You have to be gentle and guide people even when they don't have the you know open eyes um, or open ears. You have to lead them like a gentle shepherd into those pastures where they can feed and graze and eventually find freedom. And I think that, you know, that's what really gives me hope is that we have an opportunity not, not just to come out of it and be, okay, so yeah, we deconstructed and and that's great. That's a great thing. It it has to be done, Mm -hmm. but you've, you've brought the building down. Now, what are you building? Yeah. And man, if it's not something like this, if if it's not something that lays its life down, if it's not cross-like, if it's not full of love and mercy and grace, then what's the point? Yeah, it's got to be full of humility. Well, and, and, and the reason why is because I think that the, you know, we talk about changing people's hearts and people's hearts being transformed and, you know, we already know that a rules-based faith does not guarantee that a person's heart will change. It's good for behavior modification or behavior management. But I think, man, whenever you lay your life down and you begin serving people, when, when you wash people's feet, when you take the low road, when you don't retaliate, when yeah. you, you could go on and on and on, when those things happen, that's the key to God getting inside of people's hearts and starting to change them. Man, Brandon, like I have to like, this is so hard for me because you, you know, uh, I was legalistic for so long and it is so hard to get those thoughts out. And what I, are you so afraid of? I'm, I'm not afraid. I catch myself all the time. You will be. <laughs> you will be. You will be. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars crept into this episode, yeah. uh, and I'm not mad. No, not, not at all. Mad, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Alex. So you're saying that it, it, it's incredibly difficult for you, but e- even whenever I said, you know, what are you afraid of? You're like, I'm not afraid of anything, but you're saying that there's something that's so ingrained and so wired within you that it's just hard to rewire it. It's deep and it's hard to change. It'd be like something like, you know, I'll, I'll be walking around work and I'll see... Uh, or, or you know, here's a here's a fun one. I'll be sitting in the bathroom, you know, and somebody will be in the stall next to me, and I'll hear their phone. Like I can hear they're playing a game, and I, I automatically start judging them. Like why are they doing that on work time? And realistically, the only difference between me and them is that my phone's on silent. 
<laughs> that's it. Like, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. But the first thought I have is this judgmental thought. And, and yeah. I, I, I got to say, like, each and every time, now that, you know, I, I do have this reference point in life where, yeah, God has humbled me and I have correct teaching, um, which over top of it, this teaching of grace, uh, I, I, like you nailed it. It's hard to rewire those. And like, they just, they come for just like a split second. And it's like, you know, why would they do that? Why would they waste company time? Why would they waste company? And I'm doing the same exact thing. And it's like, I'm quickly reminded, but it's just like, why do I have those thoughts in the first place? Why don't, why don't they go away? Well, maybe we should change the questions, right? We should say, why am I wasting company time? Why yeah. am I, you know, because in every instance I can think of whenever, when I've ever judged anyone, it's either where I've already been one time in my life or maybe even where I'm currently at and I just don't want to yeah. see it. Yeah. You know, what, what did Jesus say? Let those, uh, you know, without sin cast the first stone. And I think, yeah. man, that's, that's me, man. That's me. And I think you're right. I mean, it, it's diff, it's difficult to rewire. And who says that it's like a light switch that just turns off and on? I mean, it's not. It's a process of transformation, and our heart does not always change overnight on everything. And the word repentance is the Greek word metanoia, which means transformation, which gives me this idea that it's not so much a 180 degree turn overnight as much as it is this evolving, changing, you know, metamorphosis of our hearts that's happening over time. And I think that that's what we have to keep in front of us and pray about. We're not perfect. But we are certainly moving into those areas where we, where we want to receive the grace and love of God and extend it. Yeah. So we, I imagine in this discussion about legalism, we've got to be leaving something out. It's just bound to happen. Uh, podcasts are never long, long enough for a discussion <laughs> like this. So, Brandon, is there anything that we haven't said so far that you think needs to be said? I don't think so. I think the invitation is always there to everyone. You know, if if you're in a church and even if you've said the, you know, the good words, uh, confession of faith, and you've accepted Jesus into your heart, but yet you've still lived in that and lived and operated within that system of just a rule-based faith, you know, I would just say that there's so much more to it. There's so much more richness. There's so much more fullness. There is so much more freedom there where you're not carrying so much burden around. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the call, you know, come to me, you are all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And I think that that's the place where I just want to say, Let's just take everything that we've been carrying and holding on to and fear, you know, because of fear, because we've been controlled and just lay it all down at the foot of the cross and say, I'm free and I'm forgiven. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there's so much beauty there that it, 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 it changes how you feel. It changes how you relate to people. It changes how you see people. It changes the daily activities that you're involved with, it changes how you eat food and how you taste food. I mean, it, it, it affects everything. And, and I think that 
you know, one of the things that I've been saying a lot lately to people is, you know, taste and see how good the Lord is. Man. And, and I think whenever you have tasted that kind of life, you just want everyone else to taste and see for themselves. And that's what I would say is the only part that's left out is that, yes, this is a legalism discussion, but it's also a discussion of invitation into something that's so much sweeter and so much more um, delicious, <laughs> if you will. Man, Brandon, like you, the, you're talking and I'm immediately thinking the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. That's right. And it all belongs to him. And how, how much are we missing out on when we shut so much of it off? Yeah. Like I have personally done in my own life. How much are we missing out on? Yeah, man, you, dang. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting back taking it all in. (laughs) No, that's, oh, there was something else I wanted to say too, but it, it, it rolled away. It rolled away from me. Well, Brandon, is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, we already pl- no. we already plugged your podcast. You you're an author. What books have you written? I'm kind of curious. So I after I had that experience about seven or eight years ago, where I finally discovered the kingdom of God, um, changed everything in my life. I finally got it, and I wrote a book called Unearthed: How Discovering the Kingdom of God Will Transform the Church and Change the World, and I, I love that book. It's uh, it's it's a beast. It's about seventy thousand words, and I love Dang. it. Wow! And then Is I wrote it? another book, um, and kind of in response to this fevered pitch of the end times and everybody always stocking up and you know buying gold and everything. <laughs> and I um, I wrote another book called "And Then the End Will Come." And there's this verse in the Gospels that says, in the, in the message of the kingdom of God, of all things, will be preached in all the nations, and then the end will come. And my, the point of the book, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, hilarious book, uh, I think, uh, quite humorous, <laughs> but it makes, makes the point that we've focused so much on the end coming that we've neglected the preaching of the kingdom of God and embodying it presently. Yeah. Man, so huge. anyway, that's a quick read. It's like a five hour read. It's, it's a decent book for me. Like that yeah, would be like a 15 hour read. Yeah. Alex is a, is a slow reader. I don't read so good. <laughs> no. Uh, where can goodly. People, yeah, goodly. Where can people find the books? Yeah. All, all places online. Um, yeah. Amazon, anywhere you go online. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I guess my main takeaway from this episode is that when you and I, Alex, whenever it may be, are going to start a church, we need to have... Um, we need to make sure people give a tenth. Well, we need to make sure there's a sign at the door that says your skirt must be fingertip length. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shame on you. Oh, uh, you can't come in. You just can't. I mean, we, we, got, we dunk your whole body. We, we've got the good news of Jesus on the inside. And you know what? If you just wear a skirt that's the proper length, you can hear it. Oh, I mean, my gosh. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Brandon, thank you so much for dealing with our shenanigans and the, the stories and just the wisdom. Yes. I appreciate it very much. It's been for great. Sure. And if anybody wants to hit me up on Twitter, it's Polly named Brad, Polly <laughs> named Brad, or Polly named Matt. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, thanks guys. Brandon Andrus, everybody. Give him much love on Twitter. That was a great interview, Jason. Dude. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Like, <laughs> Wait, I, you had low expectations? No, it's not that I had low. I had high expectations because, you know, I love the dude. I love his podcast and everything, but it was even better. Like, he's just an awesome person. Yeah. He says things so well. Like, that's one of the big takeaways for me. Like, just the the, the way he described God and described our yeah. salvation and relationship to him, like... Oh man, I just want to go and just listen to oceans over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> but anyway, Jason, not only did we did Brandon give us uh, some really great things to to think about, and he said a lot of great things. We had a ton of feedback on our porn on episode. our porn episode. <laughs> Literally, you would think that people would be like, "Oh yeah, that's, it's like." <laughs> It's not got, say anything. It's our most popular episode with the least amount of shares. Nobody <laughs> wants to share an episode no. that says rubbing out a porn episode. Yeah, I know it. It's we we made it hard to share, but it's gotten so many listens. And I'm very thankful for that. Anyway, so why don't you read some of those feedback? Some of that feedback, Jason. Yeah, uh, Brown76 on Instagram. Josue, what's up? Yep, he says it was amazingly humorous, candid, but extremely sobering. <laughs> I'm like, that's, yeah, that's what I got out of it when we were recording that interview with Dan. You have a way with words, my friend. Yeah. I so mean, what what are some of the other uh, feedback that you received? Yeah, so we got some great stuff on Twitter. Becky Seville, um, she, from the Twisted Sisters podcast, who helped us get Dan Taylor, by the way, mm-hmm. on our show, she said, hey, you, yes, you right there, stop what you're doing and listen to this episode. <laughs> so... Thanks, Becky. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Casey Russo, at Casey here Russo, she said, this helped me make it through cleaning the kitchen and cooking dinner this evening. I'm like, sweet. Like, my broken penis story helped you clean the kitchen. (laughs) Casey, I hope your children weren't around. (laughs) Oh, I know it for sure. Because Jason is a filthy man. I'm just kidding, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, there's some strong, crass content in there for sure. Maybe too crass. Did we go too far? We'll, we'll we'll ask Jesus when we get there. Possibly. Jason Young's at Mr. Underscore Young says, listen to the first half hour, but I almost got caught. I'll have to finish it off later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Alex, my weekend was horrible. I was in the hospital a lot, and I read that, and I died laughing. Like <laughs> Nice. So funny. I laughed at this, too. Bros, Bibles, and beer. Uh, they said, so is masturbation wrong? Asking for a friend. <laughs> also, sorry to hear about Jason's broken penis. You never said what came of that. <laughs> he has three sons, so I think his penis is fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the big Lamatsky at Polly named Matt, who we've mentioned a lot on this episode. He says, my dad always told me the angle of the dangle is inversely proportional to the heat of the meat. Ooh. <laughs> I think I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> yeah. To which my wife, she's like, tell him I'm not going to complain about the angle of the dangle. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, I got something going for me. <laughs> oh, gosh. I guess. 
Uh, anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, if you uh, if you loved our talk about legalism, share this episode on Facebook or anywhere yep. anywhere that you possibly share episodes, like on Twitter or hey, even on Instagram. But again, we thank you, Brandon, for coming on our show and yep. just talking to us about our hangups with legalism and how we can maybe in like insert God's grace and God's mercy into that conversation as well. So thank you so much for that. And thank you again so much for your sermon submission. Yeah, you guys, you got to listen to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit. It shows up in our podcast feed along with our episodes. So you'll see them in there. It'll say pulpit with the number it is and just the person's name. That's all we're listening. Because you know why, Alex? Because we care. Jesus calls us by name. Oh, wow. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so save me. Thank you so much. Yes, for letting us use your song. That song just fits so perfect for these sermon contributions or story contributions or whatever it may be. Like, guys, go and listen to those. They're mm-hmm. short, little sermons, 10, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, the, the Red Wings... I, I don't want to switch gears too abruptly, but the Red Wings are out of the playoffs. So, Jason, what do you want the boys to know in the off season? Alex, you brought up something very depressing. I'm sorry, but it's the truth, my friend. Truth hurts. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think right now, you just got to keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> This is not your pastor's legalism episode. No, don't say that there. Oh, what do I say? Um, here's Brandon Andrus. I usually say something like that, though, where I say... But we're not doing the real intro right now. What? I know it. There's a double intro, bud. What? I know. Here's Brandon Andrus. Here's Brandon Andrus. Here's Brandon Andrus. <laughs> That's the worst one. Take it away, Brandon. No. Here's the interview. <laughs>